0: For the Retail Podcast, my name is Michael LeBlanc, and I am your host. This podcast is produced in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. Meet BrainCorp CEO David Penn, leader of an AI software tech company that powers the world's largest fleet of autonomous mobile robots, operating in commercial indoor public spaces, including retail stores and warehouses. We spoke just before David was about to join us in Toronto for the Big Collision Tech Conference and gathered his thoughts on the current and future state of AI in retail. Let's
1: listen in now.
0: David, welcome to the Voice Retail podcast. Thanks for
1: joining me. It's a pleasure to be here, Michael. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Well, yeah, we're talking in advance. Uh, It's uh, the Friday before the Big Collision Conference, and uh, you'll be here in Toronto. Right now, where am I finding you?
1: I am here in sunny San Diego, California.
0: Fantastic. Uh, And this is actually take two. We had this, this big jet run right overhead. Is that common? Like, whereabouts are you? Are you near... A uh, fighter jet kind of place, or is that an airport? Where are you where are you located?
1: Yeah, so we are just west of Miramar, which is very uh, famous for uh, Tom yeah. Cruise and Top Gun. So yeah, every few minutes we are greeted by some uh, jets flying overhead. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, we'll have a uh, some clear audio for the rest of the podcast.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, there's some added uh, some added color to our conversation. Well, listen, uh, let's uh, let's jump right in. Tell me uh, a bit about yourself,
1: your background, and what you do for a living. Absolutely. Uh, so my name is David Pinn. I'm the CEO here at Braincorp. I've been at the company for almost six years and I've been in the CEO chair for about one year. I uh, actually came into this field uh, of retail automation through a fairly circuitous route. I started my career as an electrical engineer in the semiconductor manufacturing industry, uh, spent a number of years of Qualcomm in finance. Uh, but, you know, now I've had the pleasure of digging into the retail world and it's you know really just been a fascinating journey for me to understand the intricacies of retail operations
0: well it it is uh, it's funny because uh, the name of your company we often say uh, in the advocacy world that uh, you know retail is, uh, is is like brain surgery sometimes not brain surgery it's a little harder it's kind of like rocket surgery sometimes but uh, what do you, what have you found, what's your observations about the retail industry i mean it, it i always like talking to people who are uh, new to the industry and serving the industry is is uh, you know, it's it's not a a stable kind of consistent place to be operating, particularly in the past couple of years. But uh, you know, when asked at uh, the dinner party, what you think of what's going on in retail? What's your what's your observations with your background and diverse background, and and thinking about it from a supplier perspective?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So you know, the thing that's really struck me about the retail industry is exactly as you describe how intricate the operations are. Right, as a mm. you know, prior to joining Brain Corp and being involved in 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 retail operations. I was a regular consumer, right? Just show up to the grocery sure, store. Sure. You take for granted the fact that everything that you might want to buy is on the shelf. And then coming to realize from the other side, all of the steps and the delicate ballet that go mm. into making sure that the right product is on the right shelf at the right price is just, just an amazing detailed orchestration that takes place. And I've just been so fascinated by all the moving pieces that have to come together to make that happen.
0: Well, there's, there was not many upsides to uh, the COVID crisis, but if there is one from an industry perspective, a lot of people, not just suppliers like yourself, have a better appreciation for how hard it is to do exactly what you just described and all the, the moving parts behind it. Um, well, let's talk about Now let's talk about BrainCorp. So, um, talk about what the company does, the spaces you occupy and, and what makes your organization stand out and remarkable in its field.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, At its core, we're a robotics technology company. Uh, We help organizations automate commercial operations by utilizing robots. Uh, Our tech powers robots that operate in schools and warehouses, airports, hospitals, hotels, Um, but we have a large focus on the retail segment. Um, Essentially, we're helping retailers automate the aisles. And what makes our company unique in this space is that we partner with leading manufacturers of manual equipment to help them create autonomous Mm. solutions. Mm. Um, And why we think that's unique and valuable is that we allow end customers to enjoy the best of breed technology from BrainCore, but also the best of breed hardware manufacturing and support from our partners. Um, And I think another thing that makes us unique and special is the scale at which we operate. Um, We have multiple robotic applications um, across multiple OEM partners. Um, and we'll talk more probably throughout the podcast about the different applications that we go into, but um you know we're just really excited about the scale that we're able to bring to the retail segment
0: so within the ecosystem if i if I play the tape back a little bit so I'm clear and the listeners are clear you're you're software developers and AI experts rather than hardware physical robot uh, experts you you look for people who design and as you said, we'll talk about it in a bit the the spaces you play. you look for people who are very good at designing physical products and you power them with your you know with your software is that is that a fair description
1: that's exactly right yeah Mm -hmm. so we partner for example with manufacturers of manual commercial cleaning equipment Mm -hmm. and we help them turn those solutions into autonomous solutions
0: right so you're you're selling not to the retailers but to the people who are selling to the retailers that fair statement
1: yeah, it's, it's a partially fair statement, so okay. certainly we rely on our OEM partners, um, mm-hmm. these manual equipment manufacturers, as a sales channel, and we also do sell directly to the retailers in terms of really providing them a suite of automation solutions, mm-hmm. uh, not only in the floor care space, but also in the shelf I scanning
0: space. I see. So you, you might go to a retailer and say, listen, uh, I can bring. I have several partners who can deliver the physical good, but we're going to sell you, so to speak, on... Uh, the the application the solution to your problems and we have two or three people who could uh, be our partners in that is, again is that uh is that a good you know what what would happen in a in a, in a relationship call with uh, a retailer
1: yeah we view ourselves as really automation consultants for the retailers helping them imagine how their operations can be assisted through robotic automation and exactly okay. as you described, michael um, we partner with Manufacturers that you know usually they're already working with on the manual sure. equipment side, and sure. we can help them work together with their existing vendors to help empower a more intelligent operation in store.
0: Okay. Uh, now, as I said, um, you're you're in Toronto. Actually, this this uh, podcast will be played after uh, the collision, so uh, you were in Toronto uh, for the collision conference. What what brings you? What what uh, compelled you? to go to a big tech conference uh, here in Toronto. And what kind of knowledge are you sharing with the audience? It's not a retail conference per se. So I'm kind of curious what you hope to get out of your visit.
1: Absolutely. Well, this is our first visit to Collision. So we as a company are just very excited to to be participating, meeting with leaders from across the technology landscape, you know, just getting inspired by all the ways in which technology companies are changing ways of working, changing different industries. And so I'm really excited about it. What I'm going to be talking about specifically at Collision, um, is about universal AI and the robotics revolution. And I'm uh, on a panel together with uh, Peter Chen, who's the CEO of CoVariant. Um, and the two of us will be talking about how AI is uh, being applied in the robotics space.
0: You know, since chat GPT, AI has burst onto the scene in terms of the popular conversation, but it's a, been a conversation amongst us and industry folks for, for many, many years. I mean, you guys have been around since, what, 2009. So this is not new ground for you. But let's talk about AI. So it's certainly a big popular topic of conversation. Now, it's it's a big driver in retail, uh, and you guys have been at it for a long time. What, do you, what, what did I read? You have 26,000 robots in, in field. So, you know, clearly a depth of experience, uh, both in time and, and scale. Now, as you've been in this, and you, as you said, you've been with the organization a few years, um how's the ai field evolved i perceive that there's been maybe a great leap forward geometrically rather than arithmetically so to speak in the past couple of years or is that just me just suddenly
1: tuning into what's been going on I mean, certainly uh, the hype cycle is at its fever pitch right now when it comes to ai but can definitely help uh, decompress that for you um Yeah. So one thing is, you know, that 26,000 number obviously keeps growing. We're very delighted Mm -hmm. to be close. We're we're actually circling in on 30,000 robots out in the field deployed right now. Um, So, you know, that's uh, something very exciting for us um, in terms of demonstrating the scalability of our solution. But uh, to your point, if you kind of rewind the tape back to 2009, when BrainCorp was started, um, it was really a, a group of neuroscience PhDs, computer science PhDs, getting together and using biomimicry, using the way in which the mammalian brain operates in order to create algorithms um, that learn by demonstration. And one of the things that we're very proud of that we've been developing over the course of those years is one-shot learning for the robots, right? So the way this actually manifests itself in the field is you have an autonomous floor cleaning robot. Um, It actually looks just like a manual floor cleaning robot, yeah. sorry, manual floor cleaning machine. Sure. And sure. the janitor hops on, they drive around once to demonstrate to the AI system, you know, the, the route that the machines take, the way in which the floor should be cleaned. And the robot takes that one demonstration and kind of generalizes it and uses it to then play back day after day after day, that cleaning route, taking advantage of the learning that it received from that store janitor. Um, now, and so that's the, that's the core technology, the core AI that was the kernel of BrainCorp's founding and is the kernel of our autonomous navigation solution. To your question about how things evolve over time, now what we see, of course, is huge leaps forward in terms of computer vision, hmm. robots being able to recognize and systems being able to recognize what they see in front of them. Uh, The classic hot dog, not hot dog from uh, Silicon Valley. If you remember that, uh, if you remember that episode. Um, And so where we've been (laughs) able to take things, Michael, is um, not just cleaning the floors, but, uh, you know, since we're going up and down the aisles anyway, we can uh, point cameras at the shelves and we can collect imagery and we can send that imagery through computer vision systems, through image classifiers and detect exactly what's on the shelf and so using those breakthroughs to really help retailers uh improve their on shelf availability improve in general their execution um of how they manage the shelf
0: and and is that the real uh, objective or point of arrival of of this ai powered technology where you put it in and you know all the di- you work in basically three I don't know what to call verticals areas, floor cleaning, supply chain, moving goods, and then shelf scanning, as you said. Um, and each of those can be, in its own way, very dynamic environments. Is that where the AI comes in, that you, you teach it the first route, but then, you know, the, some, a dog walks across the way, or a human is there, or they move a shelf. Is this, is this how you don't have consistently retrain these, uh, these robots or these, this AI? Is that where the, the artificial intelligence steps in? Or is that a point of arrival for your, for your products?
1: That's definitely where the AI steps in. So the magic of the technology, right, is that it's got a couple of inputs, right? One is the intention that mm-hmm. was taught to the robot through that training process that I mentioned, right? One time, drive around, show the robot the route that you want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one input is the, the training or the intention yeah. of what the robot is supposed to do. And then the other set of inputs is what's going on in the environment. Right. The dog walks past. Right. Um, You know, whatever might be happening at that particular moment, the robot through AI is able to create a representation of the world around it and use that representation along with understanding the intention to create a plan and execute on that plan for, you know, adhering as closely as possible to that training while acknowledging that the environment is going to be different every single time that that route is run.
0: I was at a uh, a, a conference a couple of years ago, and there was a, um, I think more just for show and demo, there was a a little robot moving around with with, uh, a tray full of coffee. And my observation was every time anyone went near it, of course, it was a busy conference, it it stopped because it was like a safety thing. So the net effect was the robot didn't go anywhere because there was always somebody within its kind of diameter. How do you overcome something like that? So there's always somebody moving, and of course, safety is, is a paramount application how do these three things you know safety efficiency and and machine vision how do they interact and so i'm i'm delving a bit deeper here but i think i want i want the listeners to kind of really understand how these things can work and and uh what the future looks like
1: absolutely yeah so safety of course is always paramount that's the first criteria is that we need to have a safe system and we're incredibly proud of our safety record of course Um, So that goes without saying. But, uh, you know, it comes down to human robot interaction, right? I mean, we want, because our robots operate in and around the general public, it's really important to get those nuances right about how the robot interacts, right? You want to, the robot wants to give deference to people. You don't want the robot to get too close to someone that they feel uncomfortable, right? So dialing in those behaviors Mm -hmm. so that the end consumer, which is really what this all is all about. I mean, yeah, we sell to retailers, but... Us and the retailer at the end of the day want to create an amazing consumer experience for their shoppers. And so ensuring that the robot is uh, trained to behave appropriately around people is a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and to your question about, well, it's got a job to do. If people are in the way, it's still got to clean the floor. That's really where not just technology, but also operational excellence comes into play. Thinking about change management, thinking about how a robot fits in Mm. with the delicate ballet of retail operations that's going on around it is so important to the success of a program, right? So what time of day should the robot clean the floors? What time of day should the robot go out and check the shelves? These are very important considerations. And we've created not just this autonomous navigation technology, but also... A set of, as I mentioned, human human robot interaction behaviors, um, reporting functions, general change management um, capabilities within BrainCorp that really help retailers succeed not just with the robot itself, but creating a program around the robot that's going to be successful from an operational perspective. And I think that's come through the lessons learned across the thirty thousand robots that we've got in the field, technology. Is a huge part of the solution, but there's so much more to it from an operational perspective to ensure success.
0: Talk a little bit about. uh, I I get and I've seen the floor cleaning in uh, application and the and the shelf scanning. I've seen several applications. I I know less about the supply chain, so talk a bit more about that. Go a bit deeper on that one because I've seen some product movement robots. Uh, So talk just talk generally about how you approach the complexities in and around supply chain and and. You know, it it, it would feel to me that that has some of the greatest potential of the three areas you're in. Is that how you see it?
1: Yeah, so our focus today really is on robotic floor care and robotic shelf scanning. And on the shelf scanning side is really where you get that big unlock on the supply chain side. You know, the things that we can do by analyzing a shelf include, you know, improving on-shelf availability by detecting out-of-stocks, planogram compliance, Price label accuracy, locating product in order to more efficiently downstock or for omnichannel fulfillment, um, you know helping people fill baskets faster uh, and so there's a lot of use cases that come out of understanding what's going on with the shelf that really help unlock those supply chain uh, improvements.
0: Now I did see on your site that there were some machines moving boxes or goods in warehouses as part of the supply chain. Is that a a development area for you? So, so it's not a big focus.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, that, so that product is in pilot right now. Um, It's not fully commercial yet, but we're very excited about that. You know, our overall strategy really is about helping to automate the aisle. And what we mean by that is really looking at those parts of retail operations where retailers are really struggling to find labor. Or areas where they're just jobs that aren't really well suited to a person, like that super detailed work of looking at every single price label and making sure that every single price label in the store is accurate. It's just not a job that the human mind is geared for. And so we talk about, you know, dull, dirty, dangerous jobs and really helping retailers to automate those jobs so that their employees can focus on what people are really good at, right, which is assisting customers Um, providing that customer service layer um, that really adds to the retail experience. Um, And so that's really our vision. And Michael, as you point out, one leg of that stool of division is certainly moving products around within store. Right. So from the back room to the shop floor, um, you know, from the sales floor into, uh, you know, whether it's buy online, pick up in store, whether it's uh, at home delivery, you know, that kind of goods movement in the store, we think also is ripe for automation. And mm-hmm. so that's certainly a very exciting roadmap growth area for us in the future.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because as you know when uh, COVID hit suddenly a lot of retailers are doing curbside delivery and you know putting associates out in the parking lot isn't always the safest place for them to be because they're outside of the, you know, the four walls. So I can see a, an application pretty quickly there. Um let's 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 finish off with advice, advice for retailers. So uh, they would be considering increasing their investment in robots. Who isn't? Uh, you know, we, I think, as an industry, see shortage of people and uh, the implications around technology is very, very important. So with the industry moving fast, though, how do you not get tripped up? How do you not buy into a solution that then becomes, you know, back to the beginning of our conversation, uh, retail moves pretty fast, AI is moving pretty fast. How do you, how do you guard yourself against, um, you know, buying into a technology that uh, six months from today becomes yesterday's technology. And, and and talk about that a bit.
1: Future-proofing.
0: I, I guess we'd call it future-proofing in, in another way, right?
1: It's a, it's a terrific question, Michael. And I think, you know, for us, one of the main reasons why we focused our business model on creating an ecosystem mm-hmm. is to enable that future-proofing, right? So BrainCorp, very intentionally, is not a vertically integrated company. We partner with hardware manufacturers, as, as we discussed in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, for example, Manufacturers of manual cleaning equipment, right? And so we're helping those companies provide autonomous solutions. Um, but that's an example of partnerships in an ecosystem that avoids vendor lock in. Um, on the other side, on shelf scanning, you know, once the robot's done its job of collecting images and doing the computer vision to understand semantically what's on the shelf, we have an ecosystem of partners that also helps on the other side of that to make sense of that data. Okay. We've detected that a certain skew is on the shelf. Was it supposed to be on the shelf? Mm. Uh, what should be done about moving it around all that kind of business logic we provide through an ecosystem of partners. And so our goal in making sure that retailers feel confident that they're buying a solution that is future proof is ensuring that we've got this robust ecosystem of vendors for the retailer to choose from. And oftentimes what we find is very helpful is that we're already partnered with a solution provider that the retailer is using in a manual operation. And so that really reduces the barriers to entry, right. it reduces the risk of, you know, making a bad vendor selection. And so that's where I think our model really allows retailers to take out, take advantage of all of the benefits that I, that AI is providing today and really solve business problems that exist today while, maintaining existing vendor relationships, taking incremental steps that can really help alleviate some of those risks and retire some risk while at the same time unlocking the value.
0: All right. All right. I'm going to ask you a sports related question. I don't know if you're into baseball or not, but uh, if you're thinking about AI and the work you're in, the field that you master, what what
1: inning are we in? (laughs) That's a great question. Early, early innings. Mm. Um, Top of the second, should we say? Okay. Um, Okay. Long way yeah, to go. Long yeah, way to there's go. There's, de- there's definitely a long way to go. At the same time, I we do believe that now is the time, really, for retailers to get involved. Um, you know, we've got almost thirty thousand robots out in the field. People are using them day in and day out. Um, yes, it's early innings overall, mm. but there are solutions that we provide. They're incremental solutions. Um, they sit on top of solutions that retailers are already employing today, and so. You know, we're all about really providing that incremental capability that allows retailers to make a very certain bet, even though it's early innings today.
0: Okay, I I like that answer because, uh, of course, as you know, you you can be uh, sometimes you're better being a fast follower than you are being you know too bleeding edge in this stuff. So you're even though you're in the second inning, you're you're at a point in your model where you're you can still integrate with success and not. Uh, you know take advantage of all the upside and not see too much of the downside it's pretty great it's pretty great model
1: yeah, and, it's really, all about uh, incremental yeah. improvement is the way is the
0: way we see it right on right on all right well uh, where can folks get in touch learn more are you a linkedin person
1: yourself and how do people get in touch and all that stuff you can you can definitely find me on linkedin would be uh, honored if those who are interested find us on braincorp.com um it's a great way to get in touch but uh, yeah hit me up on linkedin um, would be just delighted to uh, to chat with you.
0: Well, David, thanks uh, so much for, for joining me on the Voice Retail podcast. It's been, real, been really interesting kind of learning this aspect of AI, and I think uh, retailers are turning their minds and their artificial minds, if I can use the pun, uh, more to, uh, to AI and, and uh, solving some real problems and uh, solutions. So thanks for joining me on the pod, making us a bit smarter about artificial intelligence.
1: Well, thank you very much, Michael, for hosting me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Voice of Retail. If you haven't already, be sure and follow on your favorite podcast platform so new episodes will land automatically each week. And be sure to check out my other retail industry media properties, Remarkable Retail Podcasts with Steve Dennis, and the Global E-Commerce Leaders Podcast. Last but not least, if you're into barbecue, check out my YouTube barbecue show, Last Request Barbecue, with new episodes each and every week. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, Consumer Growth Consultant, President of Emmy LeBlanc and Company, Inc., even media and keynote speaker if you're looking for more content or want to chat follow me on linkedin or visit my website melabla.co safe travels everyone